folks, I'm WWE Hall of Famer Hacksaw Jim Duggan, and you're listening to the podcast Small Package. Give me a hold, buddy. Oh! Hey, everybody, it's Corey Poindexter, and I am here with your boy. It's me, it's me, it's Bob Fickety. And today on the Small Package Show, Sami Zayn on the shelf. When will he be back? A while. Nakamura got attacked by a dog. Oh shit! Bailey finally snaps. Maybe? Maybe. Maybe she snapped. And also, we have the return of one of my favorite tag teams of all time. Oh hell no. All that and more two days. Spoilers, Bob, on the small fucking show! Bob, hit him with it, please. Oh man. What? Wow, warm today. Warm yesterday. Actually, it was pretty fine yesterday. Warmer today. It was. It was actually cooler yesterday. It, it was raining, pouring down the streets. And this morning, uh, I woke up to a lot of rain. I wasn't. I didn't go outside this morning. I didn't leave my building, so I wouldn't know. I could hear how rainy it was. I could hear it. Nice and dry inside. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode. We are Bob and Corey. I'm Corey. I don't know. Wait, we are? Yeah. <laughs> shit. This is a small I didn't package know. show. Welcome back. Shit, this is a small package. Yeah, dude. Holy shit. This is a small package. And you're, you, dear listener, are here with us on this journey to, together. Bob, how are you doing? How's everything? <laughs> That's good to hear. Glad to hear you're fine. On a personal note, if uh-huh. you're asking uh, to yes. all you listeners out there who are interested in Glow Season 2. Glow Season 2. Uh, I mean, it's tangentially related to wrestling. It is. They were on uh, SmackDown. specifically wrestling. Directly but, canonical. Uh, anyway, uh, Glow Season 2 starts on Friday, which is tomorrow uh, for us here today. Yes. And um, if you want some interesting Glow content... Be sure to head over to Newsweek, where I have uh, two new interviews from Glow cast members, as well as an older one from uh, the end of last season. You can actually listen to the old interviews audio you can. on our podcast. I forget which episode, because I am not good at remembering. This is episode... What would today's episode be that we're recording? I believe today is 90 or 91 oh, for our episode. Uh, I can tell you right now. Today, this is episode 90. Congratulations, us. We did it. 90 episodes. We've been going for we've been going for for over two years now doing this show. It's crazy to think we've been doing it for so long. Can't wait for year three. And then our eventual medically induced comas that we are put into for consuming too much wrestling content. And then our family's pulling the plug on us. <laughs> the brain injuries that we sustained just watching the crap. 
But we love wrestling. <laughs> we love wrestling, and we love bringing wrestling to you. So, speaking of wrestling, let's get right. Since into our it. dawdling asses aren't going to talk about it this week, nothing really happened. I don't um, think that that's entirely fair. I to mean, say. I. I Look, in the grand scheme of things, like two or three things happened this week. Sure. There wasn't any real major news. Sure. There wasn't any real major shakeups. Sure. Like, largely, if you're looking at just the two shows, uh-huh. Raw and SmackDown, like, one major thing happened. So, we're not going to, we, we, we've talked about this before, but just to reiterate for those of you who have listened to us before and have come back to us recently. Uh, we're not doing beat for de- beat breakdowns of Raw and SmackDown anymore. We're just sort of talking about highlight stuff. Right. If you're listening the to the show, you probably already watched it anyway. Yeah. Or if that, if not, you've probably also listened to other wrestling podcast content where they go beat for beat. So that's not our thing. We're just talking about overarching stories and our opinions on things uh, going on. Um, I will say this. They keep teaming up Lashley and Roman. And I, f- I, f- I had, bef- I had previously felt like, are they trying to make them forced into a tag so that they can do a forced breakup angle with them? Um, but later in the show, we kind of got an answer to where they're, I think going with Roman reigns. Um, they, they open up with Bobby and, and Roman getting into it with Kurt about who's going to fight Brock, who's going to be number one contender. Um, they wind up fighting the revival and the revival get a surprise win because of miscommunication. However, later in the show, we had uh, Seth Rollins to the main event of the show, mm-hmm. closing out with an IC title rematch. Um, and ultimately, I believe, I don't think Ziggler won clean. I think it was a DQ that actually wound up Seth winning by DQ because of uh, Drew McIntyre interference, I believe was the final call on that. Um and so Dolph Ziggler retains through de- disqualification. Roman comes out for the save, and we get a stare down between Drew McIntyre and Roman Reigns, which I had been hearing was the main the event on the house show circuit. Yeah. yeah. So I'm actually very interested in this because Drew is very hot right now. Uh, the reports are that backstage, everyone's in love with Drew right now. Um, so it, it's very interesting to see where this puts Roman in the hierarchy of vince's pet projects because obviously roman has been at the top of the list for a long time and vince and crew have been pushing roman building roman putting roman over um but we've heard rumblings and rumors that um some of the shine has worn off because the roman project hasn't gotten him over as a face with the crowd the way they want him to be so it it is curious to me um not necessarily. Obviously, Drew's heel, and they're pushing Drew as heel, which does make Roman the face in the situation. But it'll be curious to me to see if they wind up putting Drew over Roman. Mm-hmm. He is the newer person back in the WWE, and he's he's jacked. I mean, Drew McIntyre looks, is a is a unit. Oh my gosh! I mean, an he, absolute wall of man. Not that not that Roman's obviously not jacked. Roman's very jacked himself, but Drew has this look that you imagine is what Vince pictures when he pit, when he thinks of what a wrestler should look like but somewhere between a, like a, like a drew and like a Brock, like big meat mountain type. And, mm-hmm. and Drew's tall and he's not 
grotesquely muscular. He is extremely muscular, but he doesn't quite get to that like Brock Lesnar's trapezius muscles make me feel uncomfortable. Just like create a wrestler sliders gone wrong, gone wrong. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's interesting to see what winds up happening with Drew McIntyre and also the fact that they've positioned Drew and Dolph as a team and they do tag team together um, a decent amount. Uh, it'd be curious to me to see if they have them as a tag team where they both wind up with title belts, um, like singles title belts. Um, obviously, B team is is the one shooting right now for the raw tags against the defending champions of the deleters of world Hardy and Wyatt. Um, so I don't imagine they take the belts off Hardy and Wyatt very soon. I imagine they let them run with that for a bit. Um, but we'll have to see what happens with that. And, and I mean, Drew has just looked so good since he's been back too up on the main roster. Absolutely. The Claymore is a, is a, I mean, it's just a big boot, but he, he, the way he sells it, the way he put like the motion, the body mm-hmm. language, that's always been my big problem with single kick and single punch finishers. Because when you look at like a big show weapon of mass destruction, WMD punch, um, the WMD just looks like every other punch that he throws. Yeah, sure. Except he shakes his fist a little bit. Before. Sure. He, he did the Roman cocking his fist basically before the punch. Uh... Yeah. Right. But, with with the claymore kick, Drew just he changes his body language up. It looks like it's like a I'm putting my whole soul into this kick mm-hmm. level kick. Um, so we'll have to see. I don't. How, how do you feel about the Ziggler McIntyre experiment going on, Bobo? I mean, it's resulted so far in two really good uh, Ziggler Rollins matches, and I feel. It is breathing new life into Dolph Ziggler, except he needs to fucking change up some of his packaging. Get rid of the stupid fucking needle scratch or something. Like, shit, even just going back to old Dolph Ziggler is still fine. Like, sure, the dumb, weird, like, whatever he did at the early... 2017 in 2018 year like yeah the whole i was underappreciated all you care about is entrance music and whatnot right and like i i if they went all the way out with that and like like just didn't give him music or like a tron or anything that'd be cool but like they didn't (laughs) they did like once or twice like when he first dropped the u.s belt I think it was the U.S. belt at the time. Um, they had him come out with no entrance music and and everything. The lights are all out, like not the the overhead lights, but the Tron lights were all out. Mm-hmm. I actually thought it was kind of interesting, the idea of him just coming out to a chorus of booze. It was kind of was kind of old school and cool of it. Um, and then they introduced the whole his music hitting record scratch silence. And I was like, oh, okay, I get it. It it gets the crowd to know, hey, Dolph Ziggler's coming, mm-hmm. but now no music. And that's what we're going for. And I was like, okay. It, yeah, but I, then it, they it, switched it up to record scratch at the front. front and it's and like, then this his music. makes no sense. Yeah, the record scratch and then his Unless music. it's supposed to be like, he always comes out second and 
like they're playing the other person's music record scratch his music but like that doesn't happen yeah in fact he comes out more often than not for him and mcintyre first yeah which is fair because i want to hear all of drew mcintyre's music that, that song is dope that's that's i i could were you just playing it on your phone right it's that's exactly what it sounds like yeah i love the the bagpipes it's very cool um so we'll have to see where mcintyre goes from here uh and and obviously ziggler's as well i mean they did give ziggler uh late last year early this year that huge contract extension with a lot of money behind it right so clearly that, they value him as well a that's the that's the thing is i feel like he need like ziggler needs something to remind wwe audiences like almost who he is and because like helps. i said like the i said helps. last week on the show he's been a champion at or held the money in the bank briefcase at, at least one point in time every single year since 2009 that's nine yeah. straight years of being a champion or briefcase the- holder yeah. And like you, you don't think you don't think Adolf Ziggler is a champ, and then you're like, oh shit, he's been every single kind of champ for nine straight years. Well, and also if you look at just I like I C belt itself, he's up there for yeah, he's, he's at six reigns. He is he is he is on the top echelon of the list. I mean, obviously the top you've got you've got uh, Jericho and Miz at the top of the list um, for most most reigns with the IC belt longest combined total run, like runtime of reigns with title belt um and longest single IC belt reigns it's all of those are either Miz 1 Jericho 2 or Jericho 1 Miz 2 well except for honky tonk man. well and honky tonk man for the single one but i that's also modern more modern era sure. of the IC belt um honky tonk man actually didn't did Miz break the Honky Tonk Man? I think Miz broke combined, but not single. Not single run. No. Okay. Um, but regardless, you know, Miz and Jericho are, are your top two, um, and then there's a lot of prestigious names that you look at on the list. Honky Tonk Man is in there, but also Warrior is in that list. Steamboat, I believe, is in the list with IC title belt, um, and Ziggler's right up there. I mean, he's had a lot of reigns. Um, he's had long reigns, and also combined total time holding the belt he's held it a lot of days um so but people forget that because they're used to ziggler being jobber to the stars which Mm -hmm. is honestly more of a recent development people forget about um his long run where he was with the briefcase and uh with when he was with Big E and aj Mm -hmm. was the storyline um i mean so he's he's definitely had push before and I think that that contract extension says a lot about what they see in him going forward, especially as someone who works hard and has the ability to be a gatekeeper and put people over. But he himself needs a push himself, a buildup to sustain that ability to put over younger talent. Um, because at a certain point when you become, I don't want to say a joke, but you lose your your value as a gatekeeper if everyone beats you. Yeah, um, and that's what's made Kane. Hmm. So you can lose valuable value as a gatekeeper if your gate is just wide open. <laughs> you ain't keeping no gates, son. <laughs> yeah, right. Uh, also on the show, 
Uh, we had an interesting match. Constable Corbin was teamed up with Finn Balor, and Kevin Owens was teamed up with Braun Strowman. Whoa, those um, wacky doodles. And the, the match was it was a good match. It was fun, it entertaining. Was fun. We had some good spots. Braun and, and Kevin actually teamed up fairly well. Um, until the end. Well, <laughs> until the end. Uh, and we had actually an interesting moment where KO... He was selling it so well how sheepish he was looking around Braun about how he looked like he was trying to focus on the match but was intimidated by his own partner. Mm-hmm. And at one point, Braun was like teaching him how to do the I run around the ring and shoulder tackle everyone thing. And in fairness, Kevin Owens was like, okay, I'll do it. And Braun was like, go do it. And he hit Finn and Braun was cheering him on. And then he went to do it to Corbin and Corbin hit him with a hellacious clothesline. Kevin sold that, that clothesline so well. He like completely flipped his body. I mean, it was reminiscent of like old JBL mm-hmm. powerhouse clothesline from hells. Um, ultimately, uh, Corbin and Finn wind up breaking down and fighting each other into the back and KO and, and Braun win by uh count out. Kevin Owens goes for the celebration and then Braun is like, we're not friends. So Kevin gets out of there, runs to the back, and the the, the highlight of this all for me was they, Braun is so good at these comedy segments, especially post or pre-match comedy segments that are funny, and yet at the same time put over how Braun is just a, a more-than-human wrecking machine. Also, he just hates vehicles. That is true. I'm starting to think that vehicle, like Transformers, must have like kayfabe killed his family because he he does things to vehicles. Kevin gets back, goes to the valet, can't find his car. The valet's like, "I don't have your keys," and Braun's like, "Hey, Kevin, you looking for these?" Gives him his keys back. Doesn't hit him. Just gives him his keys back. And goes, but you might have problems. Cause there's your car and it pans over to a car that is like it's smoking, smoking and, and upside down and like smashed. It had like visible dents in it that I believe, I mean, obviously they must've hit it with a sledgehammer, but made it look like Braun had punched dents into the car and it's just glasses shattered. I don't know where the smoke was coming from. There was no visible fire. And Kevin's just like, Oh, 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 and Braun doesn't even hit him. Doesn't power slam him. Just laughs and walks back into the arena. And I'm like, at this point, the Braun character within Kayfabe is just fucking with him. Like, he's not even necessary. Like, he did just, like, fucking brutally throw him off that ladder at Money in the mm-hmm, Bank. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but, like, half the time he's smashing Kevin Owens, and half the time he's just, he's just fucking with him. Just being kind of a dick. And it's, it's, man, Braun can get some. There are things that Braun Strowman gets over that if it was anybody else, I would be like, that was really goofy and silly. But for him, they come off badass. Like the whole double base thing that he had before <laughs> with Elias. Like if anyone else did that, could you imagine like Roman Reigns being at the top of the ramp playing a double base? People would be like, that was so dumb. I hated that. Uh-huh. Literally, like I can't think of anyone else who could get that over. Imagine like Randy Orton playing a giant double base and then being like, and now I'm going to cartoonishly take it to the ring to smash over your head. Everyone else would be like, that was lame. And yet when Braun does it, we're like, that was awesome. They've really made a valuable star out of that man. Mm-hmm. And now that he is the monster in the bank, as it were, uh, 
you know, the sky's the limit, I feel like. Yeah, it'll be curious to see how that ends up playing out, especially since there's even kayfabe, there's no champ right now. Because their whole thing is like... <sighs> is Brock leaving? Brock isn't... Didn't agree to any match at SummerSlam, so they're like canceling the number one contenders match at Extreme Rules. Have they officially announced that they're canceling it? I know... Um, Kurt Angle has tweeted it out saying that the match is canceled. But I mean, this is all storyline stuff. Sure. Um, other other big other storyline things that happened on Monday Night Raw. Um, we saw what was another I'll just say meaningless six woman tag match between the Riot Squad. Oh yeah, Alicia and- Fox is back, by the way. Alicia aside, Fox is back. Quick aside. Yeah, good to see Alicia Fox back. Um, I'm, I'm, I think I missed the segment with Alicia Fox. What, what, what? She happened? was just like standing backstage, backstage. talking to Bailey. Cool. It wasn't anything important. Uh, I, I'll be curious to see if they bring her back as her crazy Alicia Fox character, or if they just have her come back as like a serious competitor. Mm-hmm. Um, because she, she can wrestle. She can do. She can do some good things. Um. So we had Bailey and Sasha and Ember Moon in a match against the Riot Squad, and the match itself is nothing. Uh, nothing too special. Uh, they did. Me. They did do some work where Ember had to be the mediary between the two of them. Like Bailey wouldn't directly tag Sasha in, so Bailey had to tag Ember, and then Ember tagged Sasha. So there's some weird stuff there. Uh, at the end of the match, Sasha is pinned by I believe it was Ruby or Liv. Uh, who actually got the pinfall and then immediately Bailey storms the ring and begins to just assault. I mean, she whooped Sasha's ass. Uh, And I did say, and I'm going to go ahead and throw this out there, Bob, before the match started, before the match started, Bailey came to the ring in a black leather jacket Mm -hmm. and she always comes out in very colorful gear and even when she wears jackets, it's usually like a purple or a blue with lots of tassels. She came out in a black leather jacket with the words just Bailey written on the back of it. And I said to you, huh, that's interesting. Maybe we're getting a heel turn. And you said, well, it's just a jacket. She's worn jackets before. And I'm like, dude, I'm telling you, they they usually take wardrobe seriously. Wardrobe changes usually mean something. Sometimes they don't. Usually they do. And sure enough, after the match, Bailey goes full on 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 Sasha, whooping her ass. She throws her into the steel steps, picks her up. We thought she was going to throw her into the ring. Instead, she throws her into the steps again. She comes over and calls... I, I believe she said stupid bitch, but she definitely said bitch. They bleeped her on Actually, whatever word it was she said before bitch. It wasn't. It wasn't the word bitch? No. Her mouth looked like she said bitch. You just really want to say bitch. No, she, she, she I know, bleeped. but you said it like five times in the last 20 seconds. Um, she actually said you ain't shit. Oh, she said shit. Yes, because I think the Spanish broadcast was slow to the censor bar. Oh. So somebody actually uploaded a clip of it uncensored. Well, I'm telling you, that's even bigger. I think saying you ain't shit is is an even bigger deal than saying bitch. Um, regardless, she said a naughty word, which is out of character for Bailey. You know, Bailey is the one who hugs all the fans, and except for that one guy that one time. 
<laughs> and uh you know she's always high-fiving she's like the role model for little girls so for her to do that in that heel turn i'm assuming it's a heel turn i'm just gonna say that and whatever it was with sasha big deal for the character and could we see a tougher less nonsense bailey coming out of this possibly and ramifications repercussions for her character i think this is good a good thing she's been stagnant right Mm -hmm. i mean in your opinion do you think that this could be a good thing moving forward for the bailey character yeah um i don't necessarily think it's going to be a full heel turn um but giving her you know enough edge to be a fucking professional wrestler in a world of professional wrestlers is what she needs you know back when she was like oh i'm going to be in a you know kendo stick on a pole match and then be afraid to use the kendo stick it's like no bad luck you signed up for this this is what you agreed to so i don't know why you're not doing it it's part of the job you you took on the job you know and and sure, there may be aspects of the job you don't like, but within kayfabe, that's your job, right? You know, whatever. I'm I'm definitely curious to see how they let the Bailey character um develop and and grow from here. Mm-hmm. Um, and then a quick quick aside uh, to th- to another thing that happened on Raw: mm-hmm. uh, agents of. Authors of Pain. Authors of Pain. Agents of Pain. Wow. Authors of Pain. AOP. They returned. Uh, had a quick squash match. So good to see them still alive on Raw. Uh, no storylines yet, but they exist. I think that they, they squashed some jobbers. Yes, yeah, there's some jobbers. Some local jobbers. Um, you know, I, I think that it's good to see them back. Obviously, they must have cleared up. Whatever the issues were with the visas. Um, if that was the issue. Well... Allegedly, that was the issue. Um, the the Hardy botch was interesting that's, too. That's the that's the funny thing. Oh yes, about wrestling. Sure. Oh, is that you can never tell? One no. One person says one thing might be true, and everyone collectively like takes it at face value, depending on who it is. I'm not. I'm it. not shouting you out here. Yeah. This is how everyone works. Yeah. Go through a Reddit comments thread, and they're just like, oh. That person is doing this because of this, because they have backstage heat, because of all this thing. And it's just like, you are speaking like you know this is truth, because maybe one wrestling reporter kind of alluded to it. I think there's a handful of people. They'll be like, Ryan Satin will be like, unverified reports about this happening. And everyone will be like, this is fact now. Yeah. Like, maybe it is. Maybe it is. But everyone's just like, oh. Well, that's that is the truth, sure. and there is no deviating. From I think it. at the top, and you're just like, man, you guys need to know what unverified and rumor means. Sure, <laughs> I think at the top of that list is obviously Meltzer because he's got him and Alvarez have a lot of connections. Well, sure, and, and they do; they are very accurate most of the time. And well, no, 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 but I'm not even going to shout them out, right? It, it's because even they will be like an unverified rumor right. says this and people be like, oh, well, it's that's truth. That's gospel now. You know, I'm, I'm, I'm and it's like, man, I'm not I'm not hating on any no, fellow no, no, reporters no. or anything. Sure. It's totally the wrestling fandom that grabs onto this oh, kernel I'm, of a rumor. 
and it's, and it's just no, like no. okay this is the reality of the situation i'm, I'm actually I'm, I'm agreeing with you i'm saying that at the top of the list of people who can say something and everyone runs with it is probably Meltzer, alvarez statins up there for sure um even the cage side rumor blog gets a lot the guy who runs pw insider and pw insider and also Dan johnson i think yeah it's very generic and name. then Sorry, um wade, guy who runs pw Insider, and then wade keller who runs the pw torch mm-hmm. but all of those guys i feel like are in this top top tier of if they say something people go well that is true now even if they say in their report just so you guys know this is rumors that we're hearing or an unverified or sources close say, but we're not sure it hasn't been confirmed by WWE mm-hmm. or the performer, or we've only gotten one side of the story sure. or, but the, I definitely agree with you that of those guys, it's, it's a tough position for those people to be in because when they report something, um, even if they're reporting something and saying, we aren't sure this is a rumor or we believe this to be true because we've heard it from a couple of people, but we haven't verified it people run with that and go you know, and then i think uh, definitely a part of it that it's it's sort of a weird situation because when it comes to wrestling what is kayfabe and what is real gets as much as people say kayfabe is dead i think kayfabe has just evolved and now wwe sometimes puts things out there knowing that the dirt sheets are going to pick it up and run with it and then the wrestling internet community will run with that oh that, yeah no and and especially how they can kind of mold people's perceptions of personas more like so many people think that Brock Lesnar actually is like sick and tired of WWE and wants to run away with the belt and refuses to work shows and like hates everyone and like in fairness people close to Brock Lesnar have said he kind of does hate everyone except for like his wife and his and his family. Well, yeah, Paul. but he has some friends, and he's suppo- yes. and is supportive of people. Some people's, you know, yeah, yeah. He's not the asshole that everyone thinks he is. is the and 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 so now that they're going on with the storyline about how Lesnar isn't doesn't want to come back to work, like they people are legitimately treating. And you know, Meltzer's actually reporting. Like, no, I mean, he likes. He, I mean, he's happy to put over Roman. What it's just he, this well, is his role that he's playing right, right now, and everyone is just kind of buying it. People, people who are like Brock, legitimately hates working in WWE, must not realize that he's making a lot of he's money, making millions by doing nothing, yeah. working ten days a year. How could he hate a company that's doing yeah. that? And like honestly, and he 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 does have to you know work athletically when he comes out, but he's not actually getting his fucking face beat in for the most part. You know, sometimes someone throws a potato or, or something, but you know, for the most part, he gets he gets paid millions of dollars a year to go pretend to fight in in a in a ring in front of millions of people. Right. He works cumulatively three hours a year. Uh, I mean, I mean, not count, is. not counting like you know the the flights and the backstage Promos, prep and everything, stuff, but like probably. on camera work, three hours combined. Let's say, let's not even like say hourly. Just just look at it like this. Let's say you add up all of the stuff that he has to do on the outside of it. Two weeks, like two, maybe three weeks a year. And I could see maybe a month worth of work. That's if and we're that's, talking like flights and sure. 
travel is included in that. Dude, the, uh, could I mean, would you be complaining about working working a month full a for a, a, a month and being done for the rest of the year, being a multimillionaire? No, I I I think I'd take that deal. Probably would too. Although, hey man, if it meant you had to put over Roman, would you? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I'll do that. Because I'll do that. then that storyline can be fucking done and we can move on from it. We've been trying to tell the same fucking story for the past four years. Let's just tell it and be done with it. You go, you go, Aldo Rain. That's a good deal. I'll make that deal. I'll make that deal. Um, so that was, uh, that was raw. There was other stuff that happened, but whatever. Who cares? Um, oh, wait. One, one last thing, actually. I just want to say this. Uh, Bo Dallas's Bray Wyatt impression may be one of the greatest things on Raw right now. And I just want to throw that out there that Curtis Axel's impression of Matt has gotten it's better. Okay. It's gotten better, but it is not great. But Bo Dallas's I mean, impression. It's no Axelmania. It is no Axelmania. But Bo Dallas's impression of his brother is actually just fucking hilarious. I love the shit out of every time Bo comes out with that fake beard and is like, he does it so well. The cadence, the voice. Oh, those rotunda boys. The the the, the nonsense. And I, I I so badly want want to find a camera feed of just Bray's face because they don't really show Bray's face during these. Because I I want to. He has to be cracking smiles at some point, right? Like, there's got to be some of this that is making him fucking laugh. Um, but anyway, moving on. That was raw. This. Is SmackDown live? Oh, hey, good timing, bruh. Um, so we could save this for the news segment, or we can just address it here. Uh, I not, mean, Nakamura. Oh yeah, not at the show, he was not at the show. He was gonna fight Jeff Hardy for the U.S. belt, but no. You want to know why? Because legitimate things. Because he was bit by a police dog or a security dog. Yeah, that's so weird. Um, so, uh, and I don't know where the first report of this came from. I don't, uh, did WWE actually confirm what happened? I don't remember. They said on SmackDown he wouldn't be here because of a legitimate injury, but I don't think they, they said, I don't think that Tom or Corey said on the broadcast what exactly happened. Um, but the reports are that at a uh, dark match, uh, Nakamura was fighting. I think it was on Monday, right? According to Dave Meltzer over at the Wrestling Observer, okay, doke. This is coming from Uprocks, who is sourcing Wrestling Observer. Uh, Nakamura was pulled from SmackDown and is uncertain for upcoming Japanese house shows, which they are already in Japan, uh, as evidenced by a recent Instagram post uh, by Xavier Woods. But Nakamura was pulled from uh, because he was bitten in the leg by a police dog in Bakersfield, um, which was Monday Night House Show. Cool. Um, we'll keep uh, keep you updated. Yeah. yeah. So um, Melter's reporting via Uprox that he was, he was bit. bitten in the leg, which is serious. Dog bites are no no joke, um, and uh, kind of weird that it happened. But I don't know. Maybe Nakamura was like, 
trying to be chummy with the police dog and the police dog was on duty and we got no idea dogs on duty have different mentalities than regular dogs that's That's for sure and hey man uh so obviously wish him a speedy recovery hope it's nothing serious um which it is it is also an interesting thing to see nakamura um nakamura uh working jeff hardy for a the mid-card belt um and he lost what five six matches for the wwe championship between gender and aj oh man yeah he did lose a lot he lost one or two to gender and he lost at least three or four to aj mm-hmm. um and now he's out going for a mid-card belt and interesting going back to what you were saying earlier about how sometimes people will report something even if they have credibility they'll say like unverified or this is speculation um, and people run with it. There's a lot of people online saying Nakamura is not going to re-sign his contract when it expires and he's going to go back to fucking Japan and wrestle for New Japan. Um, and it all came back to, I don't remember if it was, if it was Staten who reported it or somebody, somebody reported this. And, and the headline of the article was, uh, will Shinsuke Nakamura leave when his contract is up? And, uh, the first paragraph explains that you know Nakamura was a headliner in New Japan. He was a champion in New Japan. He was so over in New Japan, and since he's come to, and when he came to NXT, he was so over in NXT, champion in NXT. And since coming up to the main roster, he's been misbooked. He's been booked to lose a lot. Mm-hmm. He's not a champion yet. Are they re- like misusing him? But the article goes on to continue and say. Um, what, why would Nakamura want to go back to Japan for a harder hitting style where he's going to have to work harder, more impactful matches again, mm-hmm. hard on his body when the WWE style is significantly easier on your body long term with all the access to the medical training? And yeah, you have to work more house shows and more dates, but typically speaking, you're working a less intense style. It's more the mm-hmm. entertainment than the hard hitting factor. Sure. And they're like, and also it's more money in an American market. And the, and the article goes on to say, why, why would Nakamura want to leave that? Mm-hmm. You know, especially at his age, he's older, he's yeah. an older star. So it's like for him to have to go back and, and do the kind of stuff that like Suzuki Gun is doing right now, you know, and like some of these brutal matches that you see guys be like Naito and all those guys putting on these matches, Jushin Thunder Liger in his match that he had with Mysterio against uh, Cody and all those guys, mm-hmm. you know, what wh- the article says, you know, why would he necessarily want to do that when he could get more money to work an easier style here? And people just ran with the headline in the first paragraph and it blew up over the internet. Like Nakamura is going to leave when his contract's up and he's going to go back and get over properly in Japan again. And it's like, guys, maybe, maybe we simmer, maybe we dial it back a second actually read what the fuck these articles are saying Mm -hmm. and and look at it logically it's like he yeah it sucks if you're a fan of shinsuke nakamura to see him not get the belt i do believe they're going to put either the belt on him or put him back in the contenders picture soon they can't keep having him lose to the champion over and over again they've have rusev in the title picture now who knows maybe they actually hot shot the belt onto rusev for a bit maybe Maybe they do like a Shinsuke gets involved with the match and costs AJ the title to Rusev 
or another heel costs AJ the match and he gets the title. I don't necessarily think that they'll have AJ lose clean to Rusev, but maybe they have Rusev win the title. He also, the video game is coming out, so it's entirely possible that they have AJ hold the belt until after the video game comes out. Also, an advertisement for Hell in a Cell leaked saying that it was going to have WWE champion AJ Styles against Samoa Joe. Sure. All of those, and then that's totally possible. We have seen, um, we have seen leaked advertisements for things come out as not true. I mean, Mike and Mike, little Mikey and Braun, or Nick, little Nicholas, that's who it was. Yeah. Little Nicholas and Braun won the tag team championships at, at, uh, was it WrestleMania that they won, they won it at? Correct. Mm hmm. And there was advertisements saying tag team champs, uh, the bar for greatest Royal rumble. The bear. So I'm just saying like, sometimes they leak this information that they either is intentionally false or the card changes. And at some point the storylines change. So that doesn't necessarily confirm that AJ will retain. However, that being said, you know, it, it there's lots of things that are possible. I think that Shinsuke sticking around. Hopefully this heel run is reinvigorating for him so far. I mean, I've liked his heel work. Their last match was their best one yet. Um, and hopefully he recovers soon and we can see a good match between him and Jeff some point here in the future. Uh, what did happen on SmackDown, however, um, I think the most important thing was, was, was the main event. Uh, we opened up with, you know, Miz talking to the brothers of, of, of the bludgeon brothers, uh, and, uh, Harper and Rowan called out Dana Bryan and they scheduled a match for later in the night. Um, I think that a lot of this is going to wind up leading back into that Miz feud that we've all been waiting for with Dana Bryan. Um, but that being said, uh, to close the show, we had, uh, Harper versus, uh, Daniel Bryan. It was a good match. It was mm -hmm. hard hitting, mm -hmm. a lot of great offense. Mm -hmm. People sleeping on our boy Harper. Yeah, Wake the fuck up, Webster Pride. He is good as shit. He is great. Uh, it was a great match at the end. Just before Harper would tap to um, the yes lock, uh, Rowan interferes. They start beating him up. They're smashing him, and Kane comes out. Oh hell no! Yeah, big surprise for Kane coming out. Um, and so I mean, it definitely seems like. Team Hell No. They got is going. I mean, they were hugging in the ring. Yeah, so they are obviously reforming. Yes. Uh, it keeps Daniel Bryan fresh uh, in people's minds, but out of the WWE belt scene, which is great. Um, and so it gives yes. them more time to move towards a uh, Miz Bryan build up, I which is smart. What everyone is wanting. I think it's smart because Team Hell No is a very nostalgic thing for a lot of fans who who were around for that a few years ago when that happened. Um, it was a comedy storyline at first that turned into a great tag team and then a little feud between Dana Bryan and Kane. Um, and to see Kane come out for the say, I popped. I wasn't expecting it uh, when I watched the when I watched SmackDown. Um, and to hear Kane's music hit, I was like, oh, this is awesome. And when he came out there, I was like, oh, is he going to choke slam Daniel Bryan? Like, I saved you, but I don't team with nobody. And when he threw his arms open for the hug, I was like, oh, my God. And the crowd was all chanting, yes. Uh, there was a lot of energy. I got 
not gonna lie uh i'd say like tier one goosebumps on mm-hmm. a scale of one to ten like mm-hmm. a two not like this is a great the greatest moment but i got a little goosebump and when daniel bryan faked out that he was gonna leave and then they go for the hug and then Paige comes out and is like you guys are gonna fight the bludgeon brothers at extreme rules for the tag team championships i was like on one hand i don't want the bludgeon brothers to lose it yet i, th- I want them to have the title for a little longer i think that beating a team like hell team hell no gives them credibility mm-hmm. you know yes beating up jobbers makes you look tough. And yes, beating a team like the Usos makes you look tough. Um, but beating Daniel Bryan and then future Hall of Famer Kane, who are a formidable tag team in and of themselves, I think definitely increases their credibility. And I think that the smart move is to have the nostalgia of Kane and Daniel Bryan um have you know them around for the next couple weeks doing promos and whatnot have them on tv everyone gets a nice moment have kane eat the pin and have the bludgeon bros retain you Mm -hmm. could put the titles on team hell no and people would like that they'd like daniel brown having sure but you also have to watch out for kane's mayoral run that's true and also on the side note it's like kane doesn't need it daniel bryan Dana Bryan does more for the tag titles than the tag titles do for Dana Bryan. Mm-hmm. But I think that it's smarter to keep the belts on the Bludgeon Brothers. So that's where I hope they go with this. Um, I really think that it would be for the best to keep that belt on Dana Bryan. Um, also, can I just say how much on the Bludgeon Brothers, how much I got like a little touch of. Mm-hmm. What I I mean I I don't really watch any '80s wrestling or anything or anything really older than modern day wrestling, but I got a little touch of that kind of old school vibe when Daniel was talking, cutting a promo at the beginning of SmackDown, and he called them the Bludgeons. He's like, "Oh, those Bludgeons!" <laughs> it was like that kind of just reminds me of you know some goofy named wrestling group from back in the day and it made me chuckle i don't know random thought i no, i definitely i definitely get that um rusev got a win over xavier woods by submission that's good book uh, you know xavier has looked very strong as of late i don't think him or the new day lose any shine by by dropping a a, a, a loss getting a loss to Rusev and obviously it makes Rusev look strong going into his match with AJ. He cut a nice little promo afterwards. Um, so that was all great. Um, Rusev cut his nice little promo. Oh, hello. Shout out to wife of half of the show. Kayla. Um, so oh, it's a mystery. So Rusev cuts his nice little promo at the end saying how, you know, AJ Styles had better be ready for him. Um, the other thing that happened on the show that I thought was just absolutely what is going on. So Jeff Hardy announces a uh, U.S. Open challenge, which is always great to see these. I always love these open challenges. Uh-huh. You can get so, you can get some surprise matchups that you weren't expecting for a belt, and we did, and we got Eric Young uh-huh. and Sanity coming down, and they started to have a good match. Uh, I, I really enjoyed Eric Young and Jeff Hardy, but it ends with disqualification when Sanity gets involved and the Usos come out for the save. This is where I, I'm just a little confused. So the Usos come out and now we have a six-man tag team match, playa. We have the Usos and Jeff Hardy versus Sanity. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy 
he yes, you want your title holder to have a win. He doesn't need a win. The Usos are modern day one of the best tag teams that we have. Uh-huh. Despite their previous lack of WrestleMania like matches and the the they're actual not having the belts so much before SmackDown, they were already great talents. Now they've been established on SmackDown as like the tag team to beat usually in SmackDown. They don't need the win. Sanity is new. Mm-hmm. They've just come up, and Jeff Hardy gets the win. Jeff Hardy gets the pin, I believe, on Eric Young. And while Sanity looked hard-hitting and intense during the matchup, ultimately, why? You know, I was left kind of stunned as to why Jeff would get the win over them. Uh, it's tough to say whether there's... I mean, there could be some story that develops out of this that we don't know yet. So maybe there's that. I don't know what that sound was. I don't know if the mics picked that up, but that was really weird. I hope it's not thunder because I got to get home. Yeah. Um, but, you know, maybe there's some story that's coming down the pipe that we don't know about that will justify Jeff getting the win. Um, or I, I, I just don't know. You have this new tag team that just came up from NXT. They, they had Vin, they came off NXT. We had all these vignettes. Their debut kept getting pushed back and pushed back and pushed back. And now they're finally here. And, they have one win and then they have a loss. So I'm just very confused as to what to make of all of that. And I don't know how you feel about sanity losing in their second official match on WWE TV. I mean, yeah, they're, I don't, I don't, I think you're making too much of a big deal about this. I mean, sure. It's WWE booking. Like they came out on top on their debut. They looked really strong. But it was also a ca- kind of a case of them overwhelming the Usos. And so what happens this time? They start to overwhelm Jeff Hardy, and then the Usos get one up on them. Like, this is just classic WWE booking. And it's it's just working on a story where they're just building up a little feud. You know? They gotta have their first feud. Sure. And so here it is. It's with the Usos. <sighs> yeah. And I mean, they. This was obviously a scrambled last-minute decision, right? Because Hardy was scheduled to fight uh, Nakamura, and that got pulled because of Nakamura's injury. And so they had to do something. And so they said, eh, eh, "This works." So I think I think you might be putting a little bit sure. too much thought into something that obviously had sure. very little thought put into it. <laughs> sure. Um, so that was SmackDown, uh, wrestling news. The first thing, do you want to talk about this Sami Zayn injury? We didn't get to it last week because the news came out after we'd already recorded last week's episode. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's on the shelf. It's, it's, he was working through one injury. He got a second injury. Turns out he tore both of his rotator cuffs. And so he got the first rotator cuff already surgically repaired. Um, but he's, you know, has to go through all of the physical therapy and everything for it. Um, and he said he was hopeful to be back by February. So don't expect any Sami Zayn for the rest of the year. 
Hopefully he makes a speedy recovery, comes back, and it sucks because the thing he was doing with Kevin Owens was really starting to... Right. If he's hoping to be back by February, him as a surprise Royal Rumble entrant would be really fun. That could happen. If that's usually late January. Yeah. Um, if not, then who knows? Maybe we'll get a surprise mania return. They'll hold him off for that long or something. Sure. I don't know. Uh, we also had big news. Uh, WWE officially signed the contract with Fox and Fox Sports mm-hmm. for a five year deal starting next fall. The show will be moving off of of uh, SmackDown. Will be moving off of the USA Network and over to Fox. Now there have been some conflicting reports as to whether or not it would be on Fox or Fox Sports. Um, I heard but, it's going to primarily be on Fox unless something bumps it. So a lot of WWE's language in their posts about it have said broadcast television, which would be Fox main, mm-hmm. the main Fox channel on Fridays. Uh, it will move uh, to Fridays from Tuesdays, so it's going back down the week. Um, and it'll still be, still be live, live though, so they have to readjust their touring schedule. schedules. Um, but this is big news, and another piece of big news is that some of the language that they've used in their posts about this have referred to a SmackDown as their flagship show. Yeah, and now it would be very interesting because Raw has been the flagship show for what twenty years more. Um. Uh, at least uh, I mean, 25 years because they had raw 25 last yeah year. so it'll be very interesting to see because usa is definitely a, it's not nothing it's a big cable like basic cable channel big market on usa broadcast tv is an entirely different beast you wind up having you know generally speaking uh access to a lot more eyes yeah um especially people who don't have like cable packages um anyone with antennas can still the well, the right antennas now, but can still pick up Fox broadcast. So um, it'll be interesting to see what this does to the dynamic between what is the A show. Um, will we see SmackDown become? I don't think that it'll become a three-hour show because Fox has precious time. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, for it to expand to a three-hour show would be big. Um, you know, to, to take up th- three hours every Friday of Fox's schedule. Yeah. Um, much more likely that we see it stick at two, but even still two hours on a broadcast TV network, mm-hmm. potential for much more advertising money. Um, obviously, we were just talking earlier about how WWE stock is uh, closing in on $75 a share. And I'm regretting the fuck out of selling my shares at 24 bucks a share when I sold out uh, a couple of years ago. Um, but interestingly, uh, yes. uh, speaking of uh, the verbiage used in things, um, I haven't specifically seen it myself, so I can't confirm this, but I've heard it uh, be reported that Fox is more viewing this as sports television more so than entertainment television. Interesting. As ter- in terms of like coverage plans. I mean um, it was part so of a, it was part of the Fox Sports push. It's very possible that we might also get more of a sports vibe injected into SmackDown as opposed to the sports entertainment vibe that we get on both Raw and SmackDown today. I think another interesting thing is that with SmackDown likely sticking at two hours um, you would imagine that you can't put too much talent on SmackDown because then they would just not get enough TV time. But it would also be interesting to see if there's a shift in terms of the types of 
who they put where. Yeah, like, does Roman go over? Does Seth Rollins go over? Some more does, Cena appearances yeah. when he comes on. Typically, if Cena makes a big appearance out of nowhere, it's on Raw. That might change now that Fox will be on broadcast. Mm-hmm. More eyes on the prize, as it were. Uh, um, Cage Side is reporting that uh, two former Impact Wrestling <clears throat> champions were at WWE tryouts. Um, the first one is Laurel Van Ness. Mm-hmm. Um, real name Chelsea Green. Mm-hmm. Uh, she had made an appearance in 2014. Uh, during a uh, feud between Brie Bell and Stephen McMahon. Um, She's also in that great indie movie, Chokehold. Oh, yeah. Um, I never I never actually think published our review of that movie. I think that, that the file for that is just on my computer. Oh, well, we should do that during some slow week sometime. We, we definitely should. Uh, it's no longer timely. So <laughs> at that point... I don't think it was very timely when I posted the review when we watched the movie. Because it had already gone through like Canadian circuits and stuff. Uh, also, uh, TNA and Impact veteran Robbie E mm. is was spotted. So it'll be interesting to see if... Uh, either of them get signed, but they were at tryouts at the Performance Center. So it should be noted this isn't like NXT television or anything like that. These are simply tryouts at the Performance Center for people. Sure. Um, also curious to note, Chelsea Green is currently dating Zack Ryder. Oh, nice. Well, so she, I'm sure he helped her with an in. Sure. It's a, it's, it's an edge, as it were, to get in. Uh-huh. Uh, TMZ reporting Kevin Owens takes over Shania Twain. Concert. Oh yeah, I watched the video of it. It's pretty I, funny. I have not seen the video of it, but uh, he showed she up like, a, at a she, concert. Well, so he's been tweeting at her. I've, I've seen the tweets and getting about him being a all of his Twain fans fan. tweeting at her because he really wanted her to play this one song called "When" at her concert, and so. You know, they even had like the WWE social media machine behind shania twain playing when at this concert uh and so they get to the show and the video there's like an eight and a half minute long video and starts with shania like back in the crowd talking to kevin and then she Uh she drags him up on the stage and half of this is also in french because shania twain is from canada yeah and so half of this is in french because it was in montreal and they're all doing the home crowd speaking in french slash home language because that's actually their language anyway anyway um canadian politics on snowball package show so he they get up on stage and they joke around for a bit and she talks about how she's like i've seen lately that you're having some issues with a guy named braun Strowman, and so he does like this funny bit talking about his problems with Strowman, and she's like well if you can beat him in a match next time you come to one of my shows or I come back here, I'll play when. Okay. And so, uh, he was like, ho, 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 no guarantees, but I'll try. Sure. Um, it was pretty funny. It was fun. According to TMZ, allegedly at some point, uh, he, he got on stage and she asked him if he was pro wrestler Kevin Owens and he took the mic from her and said, I hate to correct you, Shania, but it's actually huge WWE superstar Kevin Owens. Oh, yeah, he cut a bit of a promo on her. Uh, there was even a part where he talked about how he had more Twitter followers than her. Oh, <laughs> so heel. Oh, my God. I like how even when he meets somebody that he's an actual fan of, he's like, he's such a good worker. Hey, he's man, like, he was on heel. stage. I mean, he heel. was on stage. He was in character. Sure. 
I was surprised that there weren't any like chants or anything, but it was also obviously the wrong crowd uh, between Shania Twain fans and WWE fans. There's very little crossover, I imagine, in uh, Montreal. Cage Side Rumor Roundup says Ronda Rousey is expected to be announced as the second pre-order exclusive for WWE 2K19. That's interesting to make her exclusive to pre-orders. I mean, usually the pre-order stuff eventually is made accessible to everyone as DLC yeah, later on. But if she wants to be a member of the roster, she should be treated like a member of the especially, roster. Especially also just looking at it from a business point of view, she's one of your biggest. Now, granted, granted that makes her a, a draw. And so maybe people will pre-order it more because they want to play as her. But to the average fan, it's like dropping 60 bucks on a pre-order before the game even comes out and you know if it's any good. Um so we'll and see. They're usually not great. <laughs> yeah, I said that last week. I remember I was like, oh man, a WW2K game is coming out. It'll probably be mediocre and filled with bugs. Yeah, we'll have to see. Uh, Cage Side is also reporting that according to PW Insider, um, didn't you just say PW Insider's reporting? Well, it's in the Cage Side rumor right now. That's <laughs> where I'm reading it from. Dolph Ziggler's WWE contract does end later this summer and has not signed a new deal yet. So that big money contract extension he got. We'll have to see what happens with that. Mm-hmm. Um, any other WWE news that you want to talk about? We talked about Sami Zayn and Shinsuke earlier. I don't really have much. Okay. Well, in that case, we'll go ahead and wrap things up here. Uh, you can follow Bob on Twitter at Bob Feckety. You can follow me on Twitter at CBQuinnixer. Head to Newsweek.com and search for articles by Bob Feckety. He writes good shit. A lot of it's about video games and tech. But read all of his stuff. Get this man hits. And also check out Bob's Newsweek interview with cast members from Glow. Who did you talk to again? Rebecca Johnson and Britt Barron. Nice. So make sure to go over and check that interview out on Newsweek. Uh, Get Bob some traffic over there. You can follow the both of us on Twitter and Facebook at Small Package POD. That's POD like the band, but it stands for podcast. Uh, I'm going to say that until Bob defeats me and takes my crown away from me. Which it'll be a while. My predictions are terrible lately. That's hey, I'm on a run. Give credit where credit's due. Hot streak over here. Uh, anyway, make sure to follow us on Facebook and Twitter. If you tweeted us, we'll read it on the show. We love questions. We love feedback about what you think about the show. And whenever we go to indie wrestling stuff, any wrestling events, we usually post pictures and stuff from our, on our Facebook. So check us out there. Um, it's the easiest way to know when we post new episodes. That's thunder. We gotta go. Anyway, thank you so much for tuning in to the Small Package Show. We'll be back next week with another episode of the Small Package Show. Hey, Bob, would you mind hitting them with it real quick? Small Package! Ow.